the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. You know that means it's the date day edition. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, whatever is on your heart. All you have to do is to provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you're driving in your car, especially on a wet Thursday afternoon, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thanks, babe. I'm going to take a nap now at the rest of it's yours. Oh, no. No, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> wake up, babe. Wake up. I can't do this without you. I'm just here for this little relief. So, um, hello, everybody. Nice to be back. Oh, you had your serious face on when you said he- hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't put me on the spot like that, Ron. You know, when when we got up this morning, you said, I wonder who we're going to meet today. Uh-huh. And, you know, we, we're always looking for an opportunity to share, opportunity to be, uh, God blesses us with such wonderful people. We had another one of those opportunities at breakfast today. Yeah. Uh, we got to meet some new people, Kai and Shaniqua. Uh-huh. Um, Shani, I think she yep, said yep. she calls herself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so taken, Paula, um, by the attention he was giving her. You know, when, especially when people are eating, it's on one side of the table, the other side of the table, and you're busy eating. He was so tuned in to her, and it was just as cute as it could possibly be. Now, when I say cute, these aren't little kids. I mean, these are grown-up adults, and they're wonderful. She's beautiful. He looks like the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we just got a chance to, to share with him for a moment. And predictably, before it was over, he was calling you mama. Well, yeah. You were so cute. You were the cute one because <laughs> I could see you every once in a while glance over there and I was thinking, what's he doing? Talking about you. What, you, what are you doing? And uh, But I could see that Kai had your attention and uh, you just couldn't stand it. You had to get up. And I knew <laughs> I knew what you were doing. <laughs> you had to go talk to him. Well, you know, there's just times when the Lord puts people in my heart mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I walked in and saw them just briefly mm-hmm. and it was like there was a alert, alert going on, you know, God saying, um, pray for them. And and, and I, they're, they're just such nice people. And had I not taken the time to go over and talk to them, I'd have been the one who's ripped off. They're yes. such nice young people and um, polite and bright and um, it was just really, really a pleasure. Mm-hmm. So after you came back and sat down, you, you know, he'd done your part. So I get up and I go over there. I said, did he just try to adopt y'all? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they said, pretty much. And I said, you know, we have kids already, but oh, well. So he adopted you. And that's when Kai says, hi, mom. 
<laughs> so cute. And uh, so it was their first date. Yeah, it was interesting because the way he was paying attention to her, mm-hmm. it looked like they were, uh, you know. They a, knew each a, other for a while, right? couple, yeah. yeah. And uh, so um, uh, to find out it was their first date mm-hmm. was a blessing. It was shocking, but blessing because they mm-hmm. looked like they'd been together for a while. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to match make here. We're oh, yeah, no, no, no. Understand no. That. But, but uh, I mean, they, they just look so good together and... Uh, they they truly look like they were enjoying each other's company. He seems a little more outgoing than she mm-hmm. is, and yeah. I get that because I'm more like she is, mm-hmm. and you're more like he is. Yeah, yeah. But it, it just it it's just that's why he called me mom. Yeah, <laughs> but you see, that's the thing. If we give ourselves the opportunity, let the Holy Spirit um, speak to our hearts. He's going to bring people like that into our lives, yeah. and uh, we're always looking for opportunities. Um, to share, uh, but but in this particular case, it just like God deposited them in my heart the minute I walked into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk to him for a moment and mm-hmm. bless his heart. He was so sweet to me. I mean, I mean an old guy. Yeah. Okay. He's they're young people. Yeah. I'm an old guy. Yeah. And when we were getting up to leave, mm-hmm. he stood up and gave me a hug. Uh-huh. I just thought, that was just the sweetest thing. Yeah, huh? really it's is. dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, but God, it was kind of fun because you know how grandmas are. If, you know, we're like, you want to see pictures of our grandbaby? And before the people can say yes or no, we're already showing the picture. And so when they said it was their first date, you know I was going to tell them about ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're so funny. You're like, they don't they don't really need to hear about our first date. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, so I just told them. But the one thing I didn't tell them is, you know, uh, after you gave my phone number away and you came to my house, um, not even being a, a born-again Christian at the time, I heard that voice say, this is the one for life, you know? And look, 53 years and 10 days later. <laughs> but who's counting? But who's counting? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are still together. And though, you know, I told him I was looking for, you know, Denzel Washington, but I was wrong. And, yeah. and yeah. look how it turned out. 53 years, 10 days later. I, I, was, I always tell people you were looking for tall, dark, and Denzel. Mm-hmm. And you got short, white, and dumpy. Yeah, well. Cute as can be. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun. It well, was fun sharing with them. Kai and Shaniqua, if by any chance you're listening to this, thank you for being a blessing in our lives today. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that God loves you with all of his heart. And and uh, um, even though we just met, you got a business card. If you need anything, we're here. Yep. And it's kind of rude if you don't come see your mom and your dad. <laughs> so hopefully we'll see you one day. <laughs> see you next Thursday. What's on your heart today, Paula? Well, you know, <clears throat> I I always try to get myself ready to be on this show, you know, because try to give your voice a little rest. And, and praise the Lord, because I was home yesterday, and you did not answer my email around 3 o'clock. Did I you ever get it? No, you still it didn't still get never it? come in. Cause I, was I think you probably texted me, and I don't text. No, I, I was pretty sure I emailed okay. you because well, I know you don't text. No email at home or here. Oh, wow. I wonder, you know how sometimes <laughs> you think you... I know I, I wrote it. Yeah. But <laughs> did, did I send, send it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you always tell me? It's not going to get any it's better. It's not going to get any out. better, no. But anyway, yeah, so I was asking you around 3 o'clock, so are you okay? Because I didn't want to call you and have you talk. So I, was, I sent an email. Well, I wrote an email. <laughs> and at was asking you if you're going to do the show. So, of course, I still turn it on so I can hear. And sure enough, you were there. And... I prayed, I prayed all day, and then I prayed throughout the show, and you you really sounded pretty good, yeah. And then last night at church, it was excellent. So yeah. God was very gracious to me. I've been struggling so much with the oak pollen, mm-hmm. and um, just one of those things. Oh goodness! Just because we're talking about it, here it comes. So, uh, but anyway, so I have to get myself ready for the show, and so it's like, okay, Jesus, you know, I gotta, I gotta be on tomorrow. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> you know, so in the night, the Lord does this to me quite often. Um, but I think it was uh, spurred on by the message that you did last night. But here's what it is. Never be lacking in zeal for the Lord. And uh, because I'm a worship person, it I don't think it, it goes exactly like that. But it does say never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual. But I've, I do it your in song. Spiritual fervor. Mm-hmm. So never be lacking in zeal for the Lord. Keep your spiritual fervor in service to the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And so um, I thought, 
Okay. So, you know, as we get older, um, some some of us, or even if even younger people, if they've been serving the Lord for any length of time and maybe they haven't been appreciated and or um, it's just starting to be routine, the Lord is saying, stir up your zeal again. Stir up your zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor hot in your service for the Lord. Um, many reasons, but the main one is my, the next part of what he was sharing with me. It, it, the message is, he's coming soon. He's coming soon. We're watching and waiting. See, it's a song. That's how the song mm-hmm. goes. We're watching and waiting. Oh, come, there's still room. No man knows the hour when we'll see the groom soon coming for his bride. He's coming soon. And so because his return is imminent, we got to not be lacking in zeal. I don't want to be, oh, yeah, I'm I'm serving Jesus. Oh, yeah, I go to church Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Oh, yeah, you know, just because that's what we do. I want to go like like when I wake up in the morning. I wonder who we're going to meet. How's God going to use us today? I want to be that excited every day. Now, it's, you know, things happen, some good, some bad. And the bad things, that when they happen, it's like, oh, man, I don't even know if I want to go out of my house today. <laughs> you know, Paula, one of the things that we have to really work hard to do is to protect against the damage that routine or monotony can do. Mm-hmm. You know, we get into these ruts, and, you know, I'm a routine person, and that works really well in my life. But the one thing that I'm focused on every day is the Lord is coming, and I expect to see him at any moment. And, and while I recognize that the, the days keep passing by and he's not here yet, um, but it, it's, it's almost like, okay, Lord, since you're not coming yet, you have something exciting for us today. And we've got to be able to, to allow the Lord to interrupt our routines and the only way we can protect against that is just hang out with Jesus. I, I say all the time on this program and to our church, just be with Jesus. And and he's the routine enhancer. And, and the routines are fine uh, unless you let that routine become um, your source of comfort mm. and your source of, well, you know, this is what I expected. And we've got to be ready for the unexpected in our service to the Lord. And, and you know, I'm not a super outgoing person. but That's why you married me. Yeah, well. God puts, I'm your agent. God puts us together. Mm-hmm. But but the thing that, that, that really helps me is knowing that at any moment, God could bring somebody into my life. 53 years ago in 10 days. That's right. Uh, you know, my whole life changed in an instant. I didn't know when I got up that Friday, uh, uh, the, the, the Friday before, and then that same Friday. I didn't know my whole life was going to change at that moment. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to meet the one person who's the love of my life and who who would steal my heart in an instant i didn't know any of that and um you know i I think about you so much you know you took my breath away the first time i saw you and and now 53 years and 10 days later you still take my breath away Mm. that's um that's what god can do for you at any day now because that was 53 years ago uh, it doesn't mean that god doesn't want to do something in my life today that's going to change everything as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, 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 that's the source, I think, of, uh, of zeal, of true zeal. You know, there are a lot of people that make noise. Uh, but real zeal is just hanging on to the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, wherever you go, I'm with you. And when you do that, life gets so rich and life is so full um, that routine um, is actually a rest <laughs> for me. I, I know I know you know me well enough that that makes sense to you. Oh, yeah. I but do. I don't know if anybody in the audience really understands it. But for me, um, the routine is the rest. Like I want, uh, you know, Monday, when I get up on Monday, I want it to feel like Monday. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday, I feel like a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that just doesn't work yeah. out. Sometimes this, I wake up shocked, kind of like, what day is it? Did I miss church? Am I late? You know, I know what you're talking about. Well, this was one of those weeks where we had a, a special engagement Tuesday night, we don't do things at night. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night is usually a night that we have at home together. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, it turned out to be just a, a real blessing. It's so fun. And, um, you know, God sustains us, and then we get up and do it. Some of you were laughing today at breakfast. You were talking to me about the question yesterday about 
uh, how much do I work? And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and all that. And, and do you wish you spent more time with family? Yeah. Well, I, I, I spend all my time with you. Yeah. I and mean, you know what? And, and like Kai, in particular, who already called me mom, that's family, <laughs> you know? But we have a lot of family. But yeah, but I know the questioner was talking about you and me. And if we had kids at home, that would be included. But yeah, no, the Lord really does make time for us. And years ago, I don't even remember, but we were still in the apartment when the Lord said, um, make time, a special time for Paula. That's why it's date day on Thursday. And so we make the time. And I, I really appreciate that. And you've instilled that into our leadership here. You you guys need to be sure you have a date date with your wife. You know, it's not. Yeah, but I, I don't understand why people think that's uh, that's hard. We, you're my friend, and we spend time together. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not like I've got a bunch of other friends that I want to hang out with instead of you. So I mean, it's it's just normal for us to be together. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, <laughs> uh, hanging out with you is fun. It's yeah. different. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's really really fun, and you know um, we we actually work together. We, we're not uh, we have a routine in the morning, a good one. Yeah. Um, um, we we are at church most of the time. Yeah. Um, when we get that time to hang out at home, we're together. Yeah. And uh, you know you're 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 my family, and the, the, we come here because this is where the rest of our family is. So we're spending time here. Yeah, I love it. I have no complaints. Okay, three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any comments or questions for me or for Paula, if you're outside the local San Antonio area, eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Paula, what's up? Yeah, you know on that part about ever be lacking in zeal for the Lord. Even in those hard days, it's like what you've been trying to teach us all this time, if we'll just get it. Okay, Lord, even on those difficult days when I don't really feel like getting up and getting out, you know, I'm not necessarily bubbly or zealous for what's happening, um, to remember that Jesus promised never to leave or forsake me. And what we've been learning for years is, um, and I see we do have, we had a question up there, but that's for tomorrow, so you'll answer that. But uh, when I am so or too focused on myself and what I think or how I feel, um, the best way for me to get out of myself is to think about other people. And so I am uh, very conscious about um, reaching out to somebody else. There's so many people who have things going on in their lives that I could be a source of encouragement, and as I look to the Lord to encourage me, then he gives me encouragement to help others. And so, where he tells me, I'll never leave you or forsake you. See, what you've just described, and, and, and we have all kinds of terms for it, but what you just described is a life being led by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're being led by the Spirit, you're not thinking about you. If you're being led by the Spirit... You're, you're, you're thinking about, first of all, him, Jesus, and, and then you're thinking about other people because that's the mission that he's given us. And then as we step out in obedience to the power of the Holy Spirit and that power comes upon us, um, then, then we find out, like with meeting Kai and, and Shani today, we, we find out that um, we're the ones who got blessed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so, so meeting them today was a gift from God to us. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have to do anything for it. It wasn't, it just, it's just, that's the way Jesus takes care of us. Mm-hmm. If we'll surrender to him, you know, Paul talks about sowing to the spirit versus sowing to the flesh. And when people are, are focused on them, I don't feel good or I don't this, I don't that. Um, that's, that's sowing to the flesh. And, and Jesus said, no, 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 look up, look higher, 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 I higher. Know, and, when you say and, that too. Um, you know, I, I feel like Jesus has his hand under my chin. Mm-hmm. And he's going, no, you're not looking high enough yet. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true. We all have difficult circumstances and, and there's, there's, there's painful things going on. You even talked about staying in bed. Mm-hmm. You, you, I want to say, I'm so old, I can't stay in bed. My joints all hurt. <laughs> 
So why aren't you? So, I'm just talking. Yeah, yeah. So, but but the idea is is um, is Lord, you have something for me today, and what you have for me is infinitely better than anything that I have for me. So how about we go with your plan today, Lord? Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's within the parameters of the routine that we have. I yeah. mean, I do Bible study on Wednesday night. I do Bible study Friday night. I do three services on Sunday. I do this radio show every day at 4 o'clock. My producer and I, hey, it's 4 o'clock. Every day at 4 o'clock, the same thing happens. Yeah. Um, but, but, but within those parameters, God provides other opportunities to do things that have value. And most of the time, when we're thinking about ourselves, there's nothing of value that comes up. Mm-hmm. And when we are thinking about him, he's going to direct us to others. And that's when the power of the Holy Spirit sort of flows through us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really, um, I think, the, the, the hardest thing Jesus ever said for, for human beings to really grasp is he said, if you find your life, you'll lose it. We're, we're raised from from time we're very young to go out and grasp it all and get it all and be mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, if you find your life, you can lose it. But if you lose it for him, mm-hmm. then you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that that you can understand in theory. But once you put that into practice then it changes everything because yeah. you realize that your happiness, your joy, um, your energy, your strength, none of that really comes from you because you don't have any of those things to, to, to provide. But it all comes from God, and because it comes from God, um, it's new all the time. Yeah, that's the other scripture you, you say all the time too, Philemon 6. I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you, not the one who's listening, so that you, the one who's sharing, will know all the good things that you have in Christ. And that is the awesome thing. When you get out of yourself and you're you're working, you know, trying to encourage someone else with the truths of the Lord that you really do know. Um, it's a, it's It blesses that person, yeah. But at the same time, you can feel the Holy Spirit just washing over you saying you know this you know this already so as you're sharing your faith with another it's a great reminder to you yeah you know uh, i like the niv better of that that verse paul it says be active in i pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding that's what it is of yeah. every good thing that we have in christ mm-hmm. now you you gave you did another translation yeah but um you know you know i, I tell people all the time if you're not sharing your faith it's because you don't really get it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're not saved. Yeah. It just means your focus is in the wrong thing. And believe me, when you when you offer your heart to the Lord first thing in the morning, say, okay, God, today of my own free will, I choose to serve mm-hmm. you. Um, when, when you do that, he's going to put people in your path. I, I say all the time about coming to church. You should never come to church to get blessed. You come to church to be a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. And if you get up in the morning on a church day or church night and you say, Lord, uh, I, I, tonight I'm going to hear from you, or today I'm going to hear from you. But but before that, Lord, put somebody in my path who yeah. needs to be prayed for, yeah. who needs to be hugged, yeah. somebody who's going through a lot of pain. Yeah. You show me, Lord, yeah. and he'll give you sort of that, that, that sonar, mm-hmm. that spiritual sonar that mm-hmm. says, okay, go there or go there yeah. or go there. Yeah. And and you get an opportunity to be a vessel through whom the, the Lord works. That happened just the other day. There's a, a gentleman in our neighborhood, not on our street, but in our neighborhood, and I know he's got cancer for the second time. And so his wife and some other ladies, they walk, you know, around the neighborhood same time as me. And so I was, I've was been praying for her husband for quite a while. Well, he's been better. He's doing chemo and stuff now, but he's been a little bit better, so he's been out walking with them. And so I walk pretty fast, so they just go up and down all the streets. Anyway, from where I was the other day, I don't remember what day it was, Monday maybe, Monday. Anyway, I saw him start to fall, and it's like in slow motion, yeah. and he's, he went down. And I'm thinking, oh, no, because I'm thinking, this is it, you know. So I walk fast, but I don't usually run because my my joints. So I, I run up there, and I said, do you need me to get my car to come get in? And the wife said, no, he's okay, kind of thing. He wasn't okay. So I came home. I told you I, I got to go pick him up. So but anyway, by the time I got there, um, she, she had already run to her house and got her truck to come get him. So anyway, 
I'm thinking, oh, man, what's happening? Because a couple of days have gone by. And, Ron, they were walking the other day. And I saw them, and I was like, yay, and, and you know, cheerleading. And I said, can I hug you, you know? And he says, okay, and he was really uncomfortable <laughs> with that, of course. But it was like the Lord said, I set you up to see that happen. And um, now I set you up because I've just been really praying for them. And he was back out there, and he had bent two of his fingers out of joint, and they had to tape them all up and stuff, had to go to the hospital. But he was doing okay. He goes, I'm just old and I'm weak, you know. But But you know, whether or not they're uncomfortable, um, it shouldn't deter us at all. You know, you, you did the right thing. You asked the question. He said yes. And believe me, God is going to use that. And especially when we're talking about people who are really in their last days. You know, those are good things. Those are the opportunities that God has for each and every one of us every single day. Well, you can hear the music. That means we are halfway through our program. We'd love any calls or comments. 340-9585. This is the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585. Whatever's on your heart, any questions you might have for Paula, all you have to do is pick up the phone and call. Paula, you got 28 more minutes. Or, or you can call and ask Pastor Ron a question, too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Yeah. The first, oh, man, that first time we went to the radio station, and I had told you, please, Pastor Ron, if they don't have a question for me, just let it go. I'll be fine. <laughs> Do you, you got that, right? You, you understand what I'm talking about because I'm nervous, yeah, but, right? But then I opened the program with asking you a question. You know that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, what's the Lord been doing in your life, basically? I was like, oh, you did not. But anyway, um, you know, this past Sunday's message was so really cool. Um, and you, the, your title was, The Heroes of Israel Who Point to Jesus. And you started out with Abraham. And, you know, you read verses 1 through 4. I did not think you were going to get through that. <laughs> and that was on Sunday. You had to do it three times. And yet... It, it was good, Pastor Ron, 60 verses. You know, you can take up 40 minutes with one verse. Oh, and I have many times. Yeah, and so this was 60. I was thinking, oh, my goodness, he just did one through four, and then he talked. <laughs> Get ready, people. Read and ramble. Read and ramble. <laughs> you know, this Stay is, tuned. Paul is talking about Stephen's um, 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 Old Testament survey. It's... It's the most anointed um, Bible study on the history of Israel ever given. And it was given by Stephen, of course, before he was stoned to death. And one of the things that's fascinating to me, Paul, about this this message is that, that in, in declaring Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, he never mentioned Jesus in the whole thing. He just uses Israel's heroes to get to the place where they understand that the one that you put to death, mm-hmm. he's the one yeah. that all of these others were pointing to. And Jesus isn't even mentioned in Roman or in Acts chapter 7 until Stephen is being stoned to death and he looks up mm-hmm. and sees Jesus standing mm-hmm. at the right hand of God. It's amazing, just an amazing passage of Scripture. The problem is it has to be taught at one setting. Yeah, I got it. You, you can't go into that. So so I just ask people to be, you know, we're on such a tight schedule on Sundays. <laughs> so I just said, please be patient with me. And uh-huh. the Lord protected my voice. Yeah. So it was just one of those things that uh, uh, I got done. Now I can take a deep breath. And, of course, Sunday's Palm Sunday. And then the following Sunday is Easter Sunday. I know. You know, start talking about um, Good Friday. Uh, yeah, next week. Huh? Okay. So, 
you said uh, first starting out, you said God always wants us to believe, then He shows up. It's not the other way around. It's just the opposite the way mm-hmm. we think. God, show me it all. Believe, mm-hmm. and God says, No, 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 no. You got it backwards. Believe, and I'll show you. Yeah. And and that's something that we've got to remember. We're, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you went on to say that faith. It's talking about faith is always a response to a revelation from God. You know, and. Not not from God, the revelation of God. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm reading my own writing. It's it it is does say a response to a revelation of God. Yeah, you yes. know when you when you meet Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes. You know we have people come to church and they'll answer an altar call or or they'll be in an emotional situation, cry big tears, but unless they go out and make changes in their lives, they haven't really met Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, when when you meet him, when you have a revelation of God, it changes everything about you, your perspective. It changes your behavior. It changes your expectations. And, and uh, um, you know, Stephen started with um, by providing this revelation of God to the Jews, and they would get angry and angry. And there's only two possible responses. Either you repent and get right with God when you have a revelation of God, or you just get angry, and they clenched their teeth and gnashed their tongues and yeah. and couldn't wait to pick up the rocks and stone him. And, of course, there was a man there named Saul of Tarsus yeah. that uh, God was willing to sacrifice Stephen for because that would be the man that he chose to take the gospel to the rest of the world. Those of us here in, in the West, we owe our faith to uh, Stephen's death and the Apostle Paul's conscience yeah. um, and then we get a couple chapters in the book of Acts before Paul is apprehended by Jesus himself yeah it's amazing so the second thing faith requires a response on our part to leave family which you said was security protection provision and work and a lot of you know we want to come to church but we still want the security of all of our trappings and, you know, other people in our life to take care of us instead of really saying, today of my own free will, I'm going to serve you, Jesus, irregardless of whatever anybody or everybody else is doing. I, it's just, we sing a song, it's just you and me here, Lord, it's just you and me here, you know, um, when, and we're talking about Abraham, you know, the father of our faith. The Lord said, go to a land I'll show you. Leave your family, you know, just you and your wife. And go on. In, in the ancient world, that was dangerous family. Uh, there were big families and multiple wives, so they could have many, many kids. And it was sort of like having your own little army and your own little workforce. Mm-hmm. So leave your family meant you were really out there alone. Do, do you remember that time, Paula, when, when uh, we were here in Texas? We hadn't been here very long. And uh, we were completely out of money. I remember that. Behind, yeah. <laughs> but behind on things. And I remember taking a walk with Lord. I'm crying out, Lord, we, we've, we've given everything that we have. We don't have anything else to give. And I, I, didn't, I don't know how we're going to be able to survive here. And Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, he said uh, you haven't given everything. And I said, well, Lord, we really have. What did we give? He said, you still got a truck. And, and, and. Just the way God works, that, that truck sold. But I had to come back to you because what that meant was, mm-hmm. if, Paula, this is our truck. Mm-hmm. If we sell it, mm-hmm. we're Texans. We're pedestrians. Yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> we're I mean, Texans, we're, we're, right. we're, we got to stay here because we can't go anywhere else. Uh-huh. And that was just one of those tests. First Corinthians 4, 2 says it's required that every man or woman given a trust by God must prove faithful. That was one of those tests. Mm-hmm. Are we willing to, to take our escape route? And now we'd only been in Texas six months. So um, while it would have been painful to leave, um, it wouldn't. It was something we could have done, but by by cutting that cord, and saying, "Okay, God, it's just you and me here now." Yeah, <laughs> That's what the yeah. song you sing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, we we were me, you, and Jesus. We were all Texans, yeah. and um, that was the test that we had to pass. And I think I think you know I said in the first half of the program that um, routine 
is an enemy that we have to really be on guard against. I think even a greater enemy is comfort. Yeah. We Western Christians, we want to be comfortable. We want to have our questions answered. We want direction. We want stops. Okay, how are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And where are you going to do it? We want those questions answered. Can you imagine Abraham who just met God and God says, leave your family and go to a place I will show you? And he had to sell that to Sarah. We're going to go. Where are we going to go? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he convinced her. And that's sort of like our exodus from California to Texas. Um, um, once you prayed about it, you knew that God had spoken to my heart. And then it was just a matter of, okay, well, we got to go. And and that's exactly what Abraham did. Yeah. Sorry for taking up all the time, Paul. No, 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 because now another song just came in my head. <laughs> Where you go, I'll go. You know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's from Ruth. <laughs> she said, "Where you go, I'll go. And so, faith, number three, faith claims nothing of this world and lives only on the promises of God. It's okay, Lord says, trust me, I'll take care of you. Trust me, I'm going to be with you. But you got to go. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm amazed the, the only piece of ground that Abraham ever owned in his life on this earth, a rich man now, Yeah, he owned nothing except a burial plot. You know, I never had thought about that. And mm. so when, when you said that, I was like, oh, my. That's right. That's right. And so, fourth thing. <clears throat> and this is kind of a, a difficult thing because so many of us are chameleons. We can just fit in wherever, you know. And it, we want to be loved and liked by people so much. You can, you can go online and, you know, we're looking for those likes. And I just know that because... Some other people, because I don't have that. But anyway, those who belong to God are set apart. We're different from others. And you talked about circumcision. Again, if we lose our life, we'll find it. But cutting away, that painful cutting away of our flesh, we have to be different. You know, we circumcise babies on the eighth day, ideally. That's what God commanded Israel Mm -hmm. to do. Um, and it's because, you know, there's not a lot of pain. The blood coagulates quickly, and and it's as painless as it could ever be. And the, the memory of the pain uh, doesn't stay with the child. Mm-hmm. And, and um, none of that was true for Abraham. Abraham was a grown man, mm-hmm. uh, an older grown man. Mm-hmm. And um, to be circumcised hurt. Yeah. I mean, it hurt. Mm-hmm. A painful cutting away of the flesh. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I said in the Bible study was that, you know, when we all got saved, we had to do a painful cutting away of the flesh. We had to get rid of some people in our lives that we loved, people that were, were no good for our walk with Lord. We had to put away some of the, the things that we did for fun and some of those things. And it's painful to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to go to the racetrack, and, and I just thought, what do people do when they go to the racetrack? I mean, this is the, this is the most fun you can have. <laughs> and and I knew when I got saved, mm-hmm. in very short order, yeah. that I had to put that away. Mm-hmm. And so I had to think, well, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? And and you know, you, you find out hanging out with Jesus is better, but but um, it's painful. Yeah. And God expects those of us who meet Him to be different, to be set apart. We shouldn't talk like the world talks, the language that people use nowadays, Paula, and tragically Christians even do this. Um, I, I just I just can't imagine what Jesus thinks when that filth comes from our, our, our oh, it's just words, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It means everything to yeah, the Lord. Yeah. But but uh, smoking and drinking and doing drugs and, and uh, telling dirty stories and just the things that we used to do when we've been rescued from those things, why would we run back to those things again? I mean, it's, it's just sort of like, okay, now you're free, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be free. Mm-hmm. And we run back to that, that filth. The dog returns to its vomit. Yeah. Well, Abraham had to be set apart. And in the same way, we who are believers need to be set apart. Yeah, yeah. And you were saying, and the key to all of this is God's faithfulness. Yeah. yeah. How he set this whole thing up. He appeared to Abraham. He said what he needed to say to Abraham he sent him, um, he promised him the whole time God is speaking to him, and then he gave. 
Yeah, the initiative was all God. All God. Yeah. And the same same thing is true. The initiative in his relationship with us is all his. Yeah. We weren't looking for him. You know, we mm-hmm. Christians, we say, I found Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, and mm-hmm. he was never lost. <laughs> he, he, was, he found us. He was the one doing the chasing. Yeah. You know, Paul says in Romans that there's no one who seeks God, not even not one. Not even one. And yet we were, no, I was looking for God. Mm-hmm. No, we were looking for something. Yeah. But it was because... God was chasing us. He's mm-hmm. faithful yeah. when we're faithless. Yeah, I love it. And it's only that intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Now, see, here's your problem. Which I got lots of them. Which one yeah, are you talking no, about? This one. Be, because you have the same problem I had Sunday. What's that? Because you just got through the first example, and we're running out of time in the program. <laughs> <laughs> we, I just got through verses 1 through 8. Yeah, right? You haven't got to Moses or Joseph or uh, uh, anybody uh, oh, else. I sure that, haven't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Joseph. I love I love Joseph's story. That's my favorite, you know, because at the end of his life, you know, after his brothers and everybody, you know, they dissed him. You know, let's just sell him. Let's kill him first. But no, don't kill him. Let's just sell him, you know. Lied to their dad. Their dad was, you know, sad for over 20 years. We, you know, I, a lion must have got him. See, his coat, dad, his lion, this lion must have got him. They're lying to him this whole time and not even caring about their poor dad, um, but that God was always with Joseph, even in those unfair, troubled times. Especially, yeah, not even yeah, especially, especially in yeah. those unfair times. Yeah. You know, Joseph found favor wherever he went, and even when it looked like there was no favor, he found favor in the prison, mm-hmm. and and he was always being prepared for that moment when. Um, Pharaoh was going to send his attendants in and scrub him up and mm-hmm. bring him into the presence mm-hmm. of the Pharaoh. What's happening? What's happening yeah. right now? What's yeah. happening? But but there's there's a perfect example of what we talked about in the first half of the program. There's a moment in our lives where everything can change yeah. in an instant, good or bad. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment. Joseph got up that day. It was like every other day. He didn't know that was going to be the day. He didn't know in a, in a few days hence he would be the prime minister mm-hmm. of Egypt, the second mm-hmm. most powerful man in the world. But yeah, especially because the but the maker, the candlestick maker guy, had dissed him for two years. You know? <laughs> candlestick maker, Paul. He was the baker and the cupbearer. And the cupbearer. Yeah. yeah, you know which I'm talking about. Yeah. So for two years, so I'm, I'm sure he's in there going, that dude, he forgot all about me. <laughs> hey, what am I, chocolate? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's in the cell going back and forth. Hey, yo, did you forget me? <laughs> Any minute, this guy's going to come. Any minute. He, that's what we do, you know. Okay, I know this going to happen. Uh, and so when he got swooshed up and, you know, got to go before Pharaoh, and then he's the second most important guy, you know. Just like, Lord, really? Paul, do you remember the, the first, very first thing I ever did on radio here in San Antonio? It was one of those things I thought, oh, this is a divine moment. <laughs> There's, oh, yeah. there's going to be a billionaire who hears this and God's going to put on his heart to support the ministry and build us a big building. And, uh-huh. and, and our church, we were so struggling. It was, I hadn't been here even a year. Yeah. And there was a 15-minute a, a radio program. <laughs> Five minutes of it was an interview. Uh-huh. And 10 minutes was old gospel music, the kind that we don't like. <laughs> and um, I, I just got this call. And he, says, he said, you know, I'd like to do do an interview with you on the radio, and I'm just thinking, oh, God, this is it. This is it. This is the way you're going to do You know, we try to figure out what God's going to do. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so he got me on the radio, and he said, he said, so, Pastor Ron, I know you're new into Texas, so how do you start a church from scratch? And I remember the very first thing I ever said on the radio. I said was, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> the billionaire just yeah. closed up his yeah. book and said, yeah. never mind, you no, got this guy. No. I, I said, I, I, I don't know. Um, interview me again in five years, and I'll tell you how it's worked out. Yeah. Because I really didn't know what to do. Uh-huh. And it was just Jesus dragging us one step at a time. And but we expect, like like Joseph expected, the, the cupbearer to come back and bail him because I did something good for you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as soon as that guy got out of jail, man, he forgot Joseph ever existed. Mm-hmm. But it was God who was controlling the scene. Behind the scenes. At just the right time. At just the right time. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's another thing we hear. You know, Jesus is never early. No, he's never late, but he's never early. You know, it's like Jesus, two years. (laughs) 
I've asked Jesus to be early a bunch, and he's like, he no. just smiles at me. And he's like, no, I'm in charge. So I'm in charge. Pats me on top of the head like yeah. my dad used to, you know. <laughs> You'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. And then Moses. I love I love Moses because Moses, uh, Stephen said Moses was educated in all wisdom and was powerful in speech and action. And if Moses was there at the time, he'd be like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking about? <laughs> Not me. I stutter and stammer. I have, I, I, I'm slow of speech. I don't know what I'm saying either. And yet, Moses was a man full of wisdom, it's powerful an, it's in speech and action. Amazing thing, because Moses described himself as slow of speech and and incapable of of doing anything God wants him mm-hmm. to do. And Stephen, writing under the or speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. said Moses was a man powerful in speech and action. And when I told church, I said, "Hey, somebody here is lying." <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. yeah. Either either Moses is lying, uh-huh. or Stephen's lying. Okay. We know Stephen's not lying because it was it's, written here. Mm-hmm. So the idea, remember, Moses was able to write that he was the most humble man on the face of the earth, and he was still the most humble man after he wrote that. Well, his view of himself was that he was completely incapable of serving the Lord, completely incapable. And, and and that's just a, a physical demonstration to all of us what God will do in spite of our objections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what you said, too, I, I was happy about this because, you know, we think uh, we're not holy. Um, but the ground where you're standing is holy ground, you know. That was a really encouraging thing to hear, that as a born-again Christian, in the will of God, um, wherever we're standing is holy ground. And Jesus is with us. It's a holy place. Our hearts, our bodies are holy for the Lord. So even at the pancake house this morning, where we were standing was holy ground. Yeah. And, you know. Hey, pancakes are always holy, Paula. Well, now that I'm gluten-free. Pa- you know, pancakes so. are like manna from heaven. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have me one one time. But anyway, but that it's not just... The temple, it's not just coming to church where Jesus is. Um, you know, we think coming to the holy house, this this house of God, when you always say, it's a strip mall. <laughs> <laughs> but wherever a Christian. Wherever God's people are, yeah. that's, that's holy ground. Yeah. And we get to enjoy that. All the time I said in Bible study uh, last night that... Um, you know, um, we, we've got to be men and women who are serious about church. Uh, not not about coming to church. I mean, we come to church because that's what Christians do. But we've got to be serious about being the church. We've got to be about the, the, the work of the church. Mm-hmm. And the work of the church is to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. That's right. And then when people say yes, make disciples, uh, teaching them to obey uh, everything that he commanded them to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we're letting God do the work, it is a glorious, glorious result. Mm-hmm. And um, all we have to do is be serious, be committed to yeah. it. Yeah. Full circle. The ground you're standing on is holy ground. Holy ground. Never be lacking in zeal. That's mm-hmm. why we started out today. Never be lacking in zeal. And mm-hmm. I, you know, before we do this show all the time, the prayer is that we might be a, a source of encouragement, you know, exhortation is kind of my gift as well. Um, and the Lord says, if you love me, you'll, you'll obey me. And so he's saying here, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. And that didn't mean just come to church and do, do, do. But like you're saying, be the church. So we need to stir up our zeal, our spiritual fervor for the Lord, and be about his business. You know, our world is so... Like you were saying, angry is so angry. They're so lost and um, empty, just empty and hopeless. Just and empty. there's no purpose to people's lives. And mm. that's very depressing. And so what's the point? So we got kids, you know, killing other people and then killing themselves. Um, but we, we should be able to, you know, you said, pray, ask the Lord, what can I, what can I do? What's my responsibility, Lord? Um, I can't save the world, but what can I do? And so, yeah, and you can walk in holiness. You know, we're inside now. We're just just approaching two minutes, Paul. But but one of the things that's really important to to, to note here is that the word holy um, scares Christians. 
we're to walk in holiness. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Oh, I'm not holy. I'm not. I have these terrible thoughts. We all do. That's our flesh. That's our sin nature. But we got a purpose in our hearts to walk in holiness. We've got to make a decision to change direction. And, and if we'll do that, then the power of God will meet us. But if we're waiting until that moment where we, we, we consider ourselves holy, we're never going to arrive there. Yeah. And, and both the Apostle Paul and Jesus said that we are to aim for perfection. And hitting it is, that's not going to happen until we're with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But every day, we need to want to be more like Jesus than we were the day before. And and to do that, we've got to walk in holiness. Unless we do, then there's simply no power available to do anything at all. And, you know, we see these big problems in the world. I talked about that at length last night in the Bible study. We see these big problems out there, and we think, well, I can't fix this. I can't change that. But you can change the life of the person that you talk to today. Yeah. You can you can do that, and Jesus will be proud. That That's, that's your role. Yeah. Yep. One more minute. The only thing we didn't say, and I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna hesitate to say this any longer, is Christians, we gotta be married, not just living together. That's walking in holiness. And you saw that that question did come up again yesterday, and you know, too many of us are letting that slide. Can't do it any longer. It's so, just the way of the world. Nope, we but don't want to be a way Je- of the world. Jesus is coming soon. We gotta be ready. Yep. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and I will be back, Lord willing, tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.